Welcome to my basement, everybody. Happy Friday. It is the weekend, and everybody's going to get out in the sunshine for a little bit and then play video games, so it's not too bad, right? We've got a great guest on the show today. I love doing Vic's Basement on Fridays because it's uh, it's an exhale, and it's fun. Paris Lilly is joining me. We have talked about this uh, collaboration for a very long time, but he's finally here. You know him from Kind of Funny. He's on the X cast over there and on Kind of Funny Games Daily. You also know him from Gamertag Radio. I know him from about a million uh, Ubisoft events. Yeah. But you remember those, buddy? You remember going to events? Oh, no. I, I, I remember, and it, it's crazy. We're like in the exactly one year ago is when we had to go home so I, I miss events i didn't think i would as much as i do but i really miss events oh i do too i i think i i uh i shot some reviews in sunny san francisco in february of 2020 and those were some of my last outside yeah. sh- and i think i was on your channel because you were shooting me in the hip-hop gamer for a second i didn't know what yeah. it was eight o'clock was... in the morning i got out of the cab and, and and you're like putting the camera in my face and hip-hop gamer was going a million miles i didn't know what the hell i was getting yeah. into it was hilarious <laughs> that is still one of the funniest things ever and yeah just crazy enough that was the next to last event that i went to obviously before the pandemic hit yeah, yeah that that was fun you, well you have uh blown up You've you've been a hardworking guy in the video game industry for a long time, but you have really blown up over the last year, uh, and you're everywhere. I've seen you on IGN. You were hosting the um, uh, the the the, the yeah, cyber the cyber, cyber, cyberpunk Night City Wire. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. How, so what what's happened? Like what what happened for you in the last year that? It's allowed you all of these cool opportunities, and we're we're seeing your face all over the place. Yeah, you you know the crazy thing about that is. Believe it or not, the pandemic uh, had a lot to do with it because um, content creation gaming isn't my primary job. Um, yeah. My, my full-time job, I work in cybersecurity. I live here in Southern California. So right. I, I'm usually commuting to the office, doing things like that. So that cuts into a lot of my time to be able to do uh, extra things. Right. But because of the pandemic, I'm home. So because of that, just these opportunities start coming along. And I have to give a shout out to Ryan McCaffrey over at IGN. It was just by dumb luck. I just happened to be sitting here in my office and he last minute needed someone to come in to be on uh, IGN Unlock. I was like, sure, I'll do it. And that just kind of kicked everything out. It was just Ryan and I one-on-one just talking about everything in Xbox and all that. And that led to me doing more opportunities with IGN. Like I said, I hosted uh, the Night City Wire, um, the Xbox Game Showcase. I also got to host that as well on IGN. I did some stuff for them with Gamescom. Um, and then that kind of led into me working with Kind of Funny. Uh, Gr- Greg had me come on a, a Kind of Funny Daily. And then uh, they have the, their new show, X-Cast. Um, they had me come fill in one week when Gary Witta couldn't be on. I was on there with Alana Pierce and Mike. Yeah. And yeah. just the feedback and the comments and everything that, that came off of that, uh, when Alana could no longer be on that show, uh, Greg uh, reached out to me late last year and asked me if I'd become the permanent uh, third host on the show. And I was like, absolutely, I, I would love to. So that kind of got me in the door with kind of funny. And uh, I've been primarily doing that every week. But, you know, I fill in here and there on uh, some kind of funny dailies. And I've done some other things with them. And just as as time allows it just, you know, whenever my schedule fits it in, I'm, a, I'm able to do it. So in a crazy way, the pandemic actually, as far as from the gaming standpoint, um, what was beneficial 
for and, me. And what's amazing is all of this has happened, and you just turned 23, which you know, which is <laughs> which is sensational. That you know, it, luck can happen for any kid out there. I know you've been at this game for a long time, and I love this whole story. And thank you for going to visit every other place in town, by the way, and coming to EP last. I get that. I hear that. No, I think that's cool. But no, uh, no, no. Let me let me say this right off the top. Yeah. You are an absolute legend, and we've oh, obviously talked over the years. But no, it it is my honor to to be here right now and talking video games with you. You know, just throughout out, out, out the years, just the content that you have been putting out. You have been someone that I've always aspired to be so you know this this is an amazing honor to have me on thank you very much dude well i've i've always enjoyed our interactions i think that you and the us the other gamer tag guys are phenomenal i think we've hung out even in paris and yeah like like all over the damn world you know know, it's crazy yeah and it's uh it's just wonderful to see and i you know so congratulations and clearly you are uh you're kicking ass and what's (laughs) excruciating for someone like me is that you do this in your part time. Like this is just not even your full time, but you're killing it and you're getting all kinds of recognition for your good work. And it's like, yeah, well, I'll fit it in. And <laughs> that's how, that's how confident and talented you are, my friend. No, the world I, I is mean, I would, I, I would say, and I, and trust me, I, I appreciate the kind words. I, I, I do it because I love it. And by the way, I'm not 23. I wish I was 23. No. That was like 20 <laughs> years ago. But, uh, but uh, no, I just do it because I love it. I, I love gaming. I love I love talking about stuff in the industry and obviously just all the connections and people you get to meet totally. uh, doing yep. this. That's what motivates me to want to keep doing it. So yeah, I, I, it's just a passion. But it look, if, if this could pay the bills full time, absolutely I would. But yeah. uh, I think my wife would beg to differ. So yes. that's yeah, not you have, happen. you have a family and responsibilities <laughs> and things to pay off. I, I totally get it. Listen, we're going to get into a nice chat about, um, all, you know, obviously all the Xbox news that's going on out there with Bethesda and sort of the current gen of gaming systems. We're going to find out more about Paris as well. Uh, but first, I have to thank our sponsor, which is the Gaming Stadium. They are Canada's largest esports tournament facilitation, and they've got things going on every single week. And where you go to find out more about them and to join up is tgs.gg. And uh, please tell them that Vic from Vic's Basement sent you. All right. Okay, Paris. So um, tell me about Gamertag Radio. This is a podcast that uh, I think has been like 16 years. Yeah, tell me a just, little bit about working on this podcast. When did, when did sure, that get started for you? Sure thing. So, yeah, Gamertag Radio just celebrated uh, its 16th anniversary last Amazing. month. Um, Danny Pena, uh, aka Godfrey, started it back in February of 2005. It was one of the very first gaming podcasts to come on the scene. And uh, back then it was a mixture of, you know, it was more obviously the name Gamertag. It was very Xbox focused and kind of a mixture of talking about video games along with hip hop and things like that. And just over the years, it's evolved into being just just an overall source for gaming news, obviously discussions, things like that. Um, Danny was one of my early inspirations back then. I used to just be a listener because he, he used to spam the team Xbox forms, if you can remember that back yes. in the day. But <laughs> he used to spam that. And uh, that's when it got I got my attention to start listening. I started listening and I was a fan. And he inspired me to want to do my own podcast. So about a year after this was like middle of 06, I reached out to him. and was like, hey, could you give me some tips? You know, I want to start my own podcast. And he reached back out and um, was was a big help. 
Um, and we quickly became friends. I was doing my own podcast called Uncle Gamer Radio way back in the day. And, you know, we're just kind of colleagues. We meet up at E3 events and stuff, collaborate on things. And then in 2013, because the co-host I was doing my show with, he took a job with EA. I decided, hey, I'm going to retire. This is this is good. I'm getting older. I got a family. I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and uh, he reached out because uh, it was Bioshock Infinite, as a matter of fact. Bioshock Infinite was the game. I just love that game. And he reached out, hey, you should come on and talk talk about it. So I came on and talked about it. And the reception was so good. They were like, hey, would you want to come on full time? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I, I got work and all that. I'm not sure I, I, I can do that. I'll come on if I can, just when it fits. Hey, when it fits in, right? Yeah. And uh, turns out, you know, just I've been on ever since. And, you know, Danny and uh, and Peter are just two of my best friends in the world. You know, we're more family than, than we are friends at this point. Anybody and, that um, follows you guys on Twitter can see that. <laughs> Because the insults that you hurl at each other always yeah. stop me dead in my tracks. It's amazing. Yeah. And you have Spawn on Me looped into this as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, the Khalif, Khalif's moved in there as well. But but yeah, that, that's Gamertag Radio. Like I said, we've been around a very long time. We, you know, it started off Xbox. But I mean, we, we talk in and everything yeah. gaming. And um, we've been fortunate over the years to have some really big guests come on. We had just a year ago, we had Phil Spencer come on. Right. Um, and then just few weeks ago we had uh reggie fizami yep. come on you know former head of uh nintendo nintendo of america you know just talking about the gaming industry you know peter moore's been over the years it's just all types of people throughout the industry have been able to come on and do interviews and uh, it's, it's been fantastic we we have a blast doing it and um don't see us stopping anytime soon well that's incredibly important i think you know a lot of uh content creators and people that want to build this stuff listen to you and listen to the stuff that we do and i think what's uh uh, you know, true about this is that purity, that that desire to get out there and communicate. It's the same yeah. thing that everybody has that loves games, that gets together with their friends and and you know chit chats about the stuff and and uh, maybe hurls insults and you know at their own buddies and stuff. It's that yeah. same thing, but it's kind of just amplifying it a bit and put you know putting a decent microphone in front of you and trying to coalesce your your thoughts and sharing it. But it has to start from that purity. Otherwise, you can just become incredibly cynical about this whole process, right? Like, it, yeah, it, completely agree. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. My my whole mantra with all of this is: if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? That, totally. That's just the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah, and you, you know, I've seen uh, I've seen it happen. I think a lot to to journalists in the space. I think mm -hmm. they kind of lose perspective a little bit about you know why they got into this, and you know, the business is hard. I mean, a lot of the stories are about crime. We saw that with cyberpunk and. You know, talk to us a little bit about cyberpunk because this was a, a dream come true experience uh, for you to be able to play this game and the access yeah. points. I think a lot of us uh, that uh, follow you on Twitter, you know, saw your reaction vids and, and saw the hype really truly building in you. And then, of course, it comes out and it was like a balloon deflating a little bit. Right. There was no right. other way to gauge it. But how was it for you? especially being on the inside and getting to know a lot of the, the CD Projekt Red folks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an unfortunate situation. I mean, and just to give the backstory on that, this would have been E3 2018 mm -hmm. is when it kind of all started when they initially, you know, had had that behind closed doors demo. And there's that reaction video of me coming out and it kind of went viral and then went from there. Then a year later, you know, we did it all again. And then at Gamescom, so it's like, over the few year period, I really got to know some of the people over there at CD Projekt Red. And 
you know, my, I, I, the one thing, cause the people like, oh, his hype, was it, was it real? Was it fake? No, I mean, it was a hundred percent genuine, hundred percent genuine. I, I saw mean, that. I yeah. get, I get asked that BS yeah. all the time too. And, and I can totally see it in you. And that's, what's so awesome about, about yeah. you and your perspective, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah and I appreciate that because I, I'm a huge fan of the Witcher three. And like, yeah. I, I just absolutely adore that game. So it's like, here are the guys that made a game I love now they're making this game in this new world, you know, in the cyberpunk world. So, yes, I was completely on the hype train for it, super excited for it. And that obviously led to more opportunities. Like, like I said, the thing I did with IGN, um, I got to play the game early uh, last year, you know, for, for a preview event, you know, obviously virtually. Um, and then I even got to host the launch event on Twitter Gaming, uh, yeah. you know, for it when it came out. So when it launched in the state that it did, it was just, it's unfortunate. It's just a bummer. It's just really a, a bummer because I know so many people there that have put their heart and soul into that game to try and make it the best that it could be. It just simply wasn't ready. I mean, let's, yeah. let's just be honest here. The it's game still was not, not ready, ready, is it? Yeah, it's still not ready. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate part about it. Um, it's just not ready. It clearly needed more time. And now it's going to stand as a lessons learned for the rest of the industry. Don't rush these games out no matter how much hype marketing doesn't matter what what you have ultimately when gamers get get these games in their hands it needs to live up to that expectation of being properly QA polished and as bug free as it possibly can be and we simply know that cyberpunk was not was there some deception there i i, I do think so i absolutely yeah. do think so and i put that squarely on the leadership over at cd project red i don't know how else you couldn't i mean i can't blame the developers for that you know, it's it's leadership. You knew you shouldn't have launched that game when you did. Honestly, Cyberpunk still shouldn't be out right now. Let's just be honest here. Yeah. If it were up to me, I probably would have done what Microsoft did with Halo Infinite. I would have delayed it another year. Yep. And I would have said, hey, our mantra has been, what, what did they always say? When it's It'll ready. Be, when it's ready. It yep. wasn't ready. So it's a bummer. It's a bummer. I, I hope for a redemption story with cyberpunk i hope it gets how the do time. they do that what do I they don't do? know yeah. i don't know do and they that's... relaunch it do they do they bundle everything that they were going to put in yeah. dlc and then say okay here's the real game and everybody gets it i mean what do they do i mean maybe again maybe there's uh on the one like a, at the end of this year maybe by the time they're ready to come up with some significant dlc or an expansion whatever they're going to call it maybe yeah. they've fix the technical issues with the game to the point where, like you're saying, it can have kind of have a second life or rebirth, but they've lost the trust of the community. That's yeah. it's just, it's just, it is. It's going to take a lot for to regain all the goodwill that they had built up over the years to get back to that point. Trust me, I'm, I'm openly rooting for them. You know, I know a lot yeah. of people see what I say as I bias, you know, I, a lot of the you look behind me. I have a lot of the marketing stuff mm -hmm. from the game and all that. The chair obviously has been a big one, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, there's good people over there making that game. And that's what I think I would hope people understand that it's not the fault of the people that are just every day, you know, crunching, unfortunately, trying to make this game the best that it could be. This yeah. came from up top. And hopefully, like I said, there can be some kind of redemption for all this. Yeah, it's it, it's um, it's tragic, right? Because it's yeah. it's clear that the people that were building this thing, 
they knew what state the game was and they're right. hands on with all of this stuff, but they just had to go along with it and, and got it out there. Um, listen, I want to uh, welcome some folks into the chat here. And if you guys have any questions about uh, stuff that we're talking about, or if you have anything that you want me to ask uh, Paris, please shoot them our way. Um, hi, there was the first one in the room. Thank you, sir. Uh, I, I assume you're a sir. Don't don't let me assume, but welcome. And Nintendo Boy 17, I see you. Mike Williams is here. Abby Jamison, yay. Blair Farrell, who I think believed me when I said you were 23, so you're still pulling it off, my yeah. friend. You probably still get carded, which I love. Uh, Sam I am 111, good to see you. Paul Adamson, good to see you. And uh, yeah, everybody's sort of chatting about cyberpunk. Um, let's talk a little bit about... Um, uh, Xbox this week because it's obviously in the news. the mm -hmm. The deal is official; it's confirmed. Was there ever any doubt that it would go through? Was there any real like? Is this a a potential um, monopoly type situation from them acquiring Bethesda, or was there any kind of concerns there, or was this always going to go through? Do you think? It seems like from everything that I saw, it it was going to go through. There, there is some pending lawsuit for something with Bethesda, but it wasn't enough that was going to jeopardize the acquisition right. uh, from Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've talked, I guess we just jump right into it. I mean, ever since they announced this in September, you know, I've been pretty firm that, Hey, you, if you're spending $7.5 billion, then it is realistic to expect that they're going to make those IPs for the most part, exclusive to their platform, to their right. ecosystem. And right. I think what we saw happen yesterday, pretty much, in my opinion, about 90% confirms that, that the message that Phil Spencer uh, put out there to everyone is going forward, games that come from Bethesda will live where Xbox Game Pass lives, which means they're not going to show up on PlayStation. They're not going to show up on Nintendo. Obviously, games that already exist there, they will continue to support anything that is they are contractually obligated, you know, to to uphold. They will, they said. But this tells me maybe there'll be some things in the short term. We know Death Loop, Ghostwire Tokyo. There could be a Wolfenstein three or something like that in the short term that will still show up on PlayStation. But Indiana Jones is going to be everywhere. There's no way. You know, I wonder, and and I've actually been one to say, oh, that thing's multi-platform because of Lucasfilm Games. Yeah. Now I wonder. Huh. I do wonder mm -hmm. in this sense. It it could be it's, a, a Spider-Man Spider situation versus yeah, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Exactly. It could right. be a situation like that. But but we'll see. It trust me, it will not shock me at all to see that multi-platform. I lean that way. Do you, but, I mean, what is what is the platform? What is the platform at Xbox? Is it is it Xbox? Is it no, PC? It's not. It's and and that's that's the thing that they've been doing since 2016. Like to kind of go back into my history, anyone that's listened to, to me on Gamertech Radio or whatever, I've uh, actually been pretty brutal on Xbox during the Xbox One era, not for the lack of games and just that whole initial approach that they had in 2013. Yeah. But if you go to 2016, I always tell the story, I they had a spring showcase in San Francisco that I went to in 2016. And Phil Spencer gave a keynote to all the media people that were there. And that's where he basically laid out the entire plan that we see today. And mm. it started with Xbox Play Anywhere, their focus on backwards compatibility, potentially looking at cloud streaming, things like that. This is where all that started. So 
here we are now in 2021 and you're starting to see that plan come to fruition where you know they have the services in place obviously game pass is a big one for yeah. them yeah. um project x cloud which they've integrated into it is allowing them because their ultimate goal that they keep saying they want to reach the three billion gamers out there so how do you do that they obviously have their xbox hardware with the series x and s and the s being a low cost entry into their next generation you could obviously have the pc would play anywhere but now you also have xCloud, which allows them to reach people on mobile. And eventually, because I'm sure this is going to get announced pretty soon, they're going to have a smart TV app. You're yeah. going to see it built in to smart TV apps. So this gives them flexibility inside their ecosystem or platform to reach more gamers. And that's why I've always thought they don't need PlayStation to reach everyone they want to reach. If anything, you want to take those Bethesda IPs away from PlayStation, make them exclusive to their platform, AKA go subscribe to Game Pass. Xbox ultimately would not care if Bethesda games were on PlayStation, if that also meant Game Pass was there, right? right they right. went either way because you're subscribing, you're investing into their ecosystem. And, you know, I know a lot of people like to get up, oh, the exclusive stuff, you know, we don't like that. I am not a fan of exclusive games. Why would I? I? I just love gaming. Play games wherever you want. Yes. But I've been looking at this from a business standpoint. Business-wise, they're not going to do that. You don't spend that amount of money to not change anything. You spend well, it, that it, amount of money to be like disruptive. It's like a Netflix or Disney Plus deal, right? And exactly. The, the difference in the other entertainment industries, though, is they do licensing deals that are a little bit complicated and they're kind of time-based and you can see these movies and projects on these different mm -hmm. services for a while and they get taken off. It's going to be a lot more fragmented now with HBO Max and with Paramount Plus and the Peacock, you know, universal stuff. I think that there's going to be a universal channel, a Paramount channel, a Warner Brothers channel, yeah, a Disney so channel, and, a, yeah. and then Netflix, because they've got that foothold, they have to spend, 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 spend to kind of get up with the, the catalog that all of these purveyors out there have. And think so, about it. How, how does Netflix survive all of this? It's all the original content they that have they're to, producing. Yeah. You have to go to Netflix and to, it has to, to get better and content. better. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and and we need to believe in their characters and the and the uh, IP that they create. Same thing with Amazon Prime Video, right? Because even though they have a retail relationship with all of these studios, if we're going to be subscribers to that video content, they've got to invest in IP and characters. So my question to you, and I think about this a lot too, is you know the future of games is is um, that subscription to that connection, just like it is right. in all other media, right? To that subscription to that content. Do you, could you see a, a day when the deal is you can put Game Pass on PlayStation, but PlayStation obviously has to have a counter, you know, and PlayStation now is really good, but it's not the caliber of Xbox Game Pass because they don't have day and date delivery with stuff. But could you see PlayStation saying, sure, you could put Game Pass on PlayStation, but you got to put PlayStation now on Xbox. And would Xbox say yes to that? See, and that scenario that you're putting out, I think both of them say no. <laughs> right? I don't see either one of them wanting to to, to do that scenario. There, there's no, in, especially for PlayStation. There's honestly, there's no incentive for them to want Game Pass to live on their hardware. Why would they? I mean, the the one misconception that I think a lot of people see with Xbox doing all these moves, they're doing it because they're not the leader, because they're chasing the leader, because right. they still have to prove to consumers 
to invest into their ecosystem. PlayStation has already done that. Play, look, we can go down just the rogues gallery of exclusive games that PlayStation has that the, the way I, I've always equated it is to this. PlayStation has that game. And when I say that game, they have games that I will just buy that one game and, and it will get me to buy a PlayStation 5, right. God of War, Uncharted, Spider-Man, you know, on down the list, right? Xbox doesn't have that. And they've not had that. In my personal opinion, they have not honestly had that game since Halo Reach. Right. They, they just haven't where I'm like, oh, my God, I need to go get an Xbox because I have to play that. Now, have they had had some good games? Of course. I mean, the Gear series, you know, Forza has obviously been yeah. really, really good on the platform. Ori, Cuphead. But they don't have that game, that system selling game. I'm sure they're hopeful that Halo Infinite is going to become that right later this year. But they I, still have to prove it. They haven't I, proved it yet. I, I feel like they're leapfrogging over this whole conversation with Game Pass, though. I feel like they maybe were pushed into the corner to come up with a solution to sort of get away from this first and pl second place kind of pecking order or third place pecking order. And Game Pass is what they pointed to. But there was an ine inevitability about this whole enterprise. I mean, you just look at every right. other media outfit out there and it's all tying to subscribe subscribe i mean apple is making tv shows and movies now it's all about this you know like there is no and they're make they have apple arcade there is no way and sony's going to have to answer for all this goodwill that xbox is earning right now from game pass and nintendo mm -hmm. will eventually on their own terms as well but I feel like they don't even they, they don't really care about the hardware as much. Do you think no, it's a hardware no, they, thing and, and I don't think they do either. I don't think yeah. Microsoft cares if you buy an Xbox or not, but they yeah. do care if you subscribe to Game Pass. Yes. Now, again, I, I think the services that they're building are great. But the problem even with Game Pass right now, and I think Game Pass is a phenomenal service. It, it's a great value. But is it going to continue to be a great value if you don't have the titles to actually back it up again right. this is why you acquire a bethesda this yes. is why you build a studio like the initiative this is why they now have 23 internal studios because just like netflix they realize the way that you get someone to subscribe and stay a subscriber is you give them content you give them co compelling content that they want to play and it doesn't all have to be triple a titles but you need them but you also are going to have double A experiences. You're going to have other unique experiences so that there's almost a discovery to something like Game Pass. And that's what they're trying to build right now. It's not there yet. I think we're getting close to it, but they still have to show it. And this is why, like them acquiring Bethesda, I think Starfield, as an example, is, is a great example of this. Pretty sure at this point, Starfield's going to be exclusive to wow. Xbox, right? That's a big and, gauntlet thrown, man. And that's a brand, new, <laughs> a brand new IP that if it is everything that we think it's going to be from Bethesda, that potentially could become that game for them. We're like, oh my God, I got to play Starfield. I'm subscribing to Game Pass because I got to play this, right? right? And that's what they're trying to do. Right. And by that point, they say you can stream it to your smart TV Right. It's time. It, if it's going to be that game, I don't think they're going to say you need to also buy an Xbox because that sort of flies in the face of their whole play it anywhere kind of idea. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yep. And I guess the PC solution too, right? Like the PC Game Pass will be so interlinked with xCloud that it'll be Stadia like. Like if you have the 
horsepower of your PC to, to download and run it off your PC, you can, but you can also stream it if you don't. And the experience will be really good right. if you have a good, a, a solid internet connection. Yeah, it's very shrewd, all of this stuff. Listen, I tweeted the other day, uh, with the announcement of the 20 Bethesda games available on Game Pass tomorrow, are you going to subscribe to the service, uh, vote and tell me why? And I had yes, no, already do, and never. 56% of the 630 people that voted said uh, they already do. The turnout on that is, it's amazing. I mean, like, this Game Pass is such a success. What are we at, 20 million subs now on Game Pass? Yeah, like, I think it was 18 the last the last count we had. Well, probably uh -huh. today it's not. Right, right. <laughs> probably today it's, it's, it's more than that. Um, I got 11% for never. Um, and I'd be fascinated to see in the chat here too. And thank you, Dan Lazaro for the, the super chat. You rock, man. They don't care about the consoles. They built the most powerful system. That's nonsensical. Thank you for the super chat and the comment they did. And we're still in a hardware race right now. And I think Microsoft is trying to show their technological strength out there. They did. It's an amazing system. The Xbox series X is awesome. PlayStation five also awesome, but I don't think they're, th they're really long-term thinking like that you know i think no. they want to make the access to this content invisible and the other thing is that they know that there's a finite supply of teams of developers that are really capable of showing what technological supremacy really means and playstation's got a bunch of them right they've got a bunch of those teams you know i think yeah, they're they do insomniac purchase because, you know, I've known Ted Price since uh, since the beginning. I've known him for 25 years. Yeah. And, and I knew how devoutly independent he was. When that deal went down, that, that is the shrewdest deal that Sony has made, is to buy Insomniac. Because they have been, you know, agnostic. They've been able to develop in a bunch of different directions. They've done VR. They've done indie. They've done AAA like crazy. And for Ted to, to say, yeah, I mean, that's equivalent to a, not not maybe in terms of full output of Bethesda, but in terms of like quality work, Insomniac has just been go to for so long. They even work with Microsoft on on uh, Sunset Overdrive. You're right, right? Sunset Overdrive. So yeah. good. Mm -hmm. But I think Microsoft is is seeing the writing on the wall. There is a finite supply of awesome AAA <clears> caliber <throat> game makers, and it's not going to be technology that's going to be about that's going to win this it's a content war just like in any other medium out there completely agree i mean and, and going you know just more directly into the bethesda acquisition yeah the thing about it that excites me the most is it allows bethesda to just be bethesda in this mm. sense they no longer have to worry about the financial overheads of, all right, we got to make sure I got to put Dishonored out this holiday because we got to meet our whatever quota this holiday. And because you put it out head to head against Call of Duty or something like that, it doesn't sell as well as it does. Or what has Bethesda been known for over the past 20 years? QA. They, they yeah. launched buggy games. It, yeah. we, we, we all know it. Yeah. Now with, with have the, the, of, the, yeah. the backing of Microsoft, now they don't have to rush a game to market. They can get the proper QA they need. They can give games the extra time that they need to properly polish them. The, going back to the cyberpunk analogy, right? So when these games do come out, they come out in the best possible state they, possi they can possibly be. Even if you go back to that round table where they were talking, they were talking a lot about collaboration. And now that you think about it, you know, like id tech as an example, you know, coming from Bethesda, that's now going to be used throughout all the Microsoft studios. 
or then you look at something like like the Unreal Engine. Who who's an expert inside of Microsoft with the Unreal Engine? It's the coalition because obviously they make the Gears games, right? Yeah. Maybe now they can share their knowledge with other studios inside Bethesda and vice versa. So and that's it, totally going on right now. Yeah. By the way. So yeah. it's about getting smart people together. That's right. the way I look at it. You get some really smart people together. You allow them to collaborate. And the other big thing out of it is. Microsoft has promised, and we'll see how this goes, but they promise to give these studios and developers the room to innovate and 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 try and take a risk on things, right? Don't feel like you can't take a risk if you have a new idea for a game. Go ahead and try it. If it well, fails, obviously there will be whatever, whatever they have to do, but having so many studios and getting so many of them working together, I think that pushes gaming forward. We get new ideas and we get new IPs versus recycling sequels over and over because you feel you have to sell a certain amount during a holiday period or something like that. So that's what yeah. excites me the most about this. Yeah, it's incredibly exciting. And, you know, like Microsoft is kind of a test case for um, a company that really tried its hand at development and publishing and hardware. Those are three different businesses, by the way. And it's very hard to do all of them. And it's amazing that Bethesda did as well as it did as a publisher because they were always scrambling just to make the best games that they could internally. And then they started working um, you know, I, I think maybe not as smoothly as they would have wanted to with external development teams, and they learned a whole bunch. Now they can kind of offload a lot of that. Meanwhile, Microsoft, you know, they had tons of internal studios and tons of right. teams working on games that they slowly but surely got rid of to kind of acquire just IP. But now they are back acquiring developers but letting them have their own identity. Right, exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah. And and they also went ran through the gamut I th in terms of learning with this acquisition of Rare, which I don't think <laughs> has really borne the fruit that they all thought they would. But mostly because the business changed so much, you know. Not and also they took crazy risks with with uh, Connect as well. And thank God that's in the rear view. Oh, agreed. But what but what happens now? Um, and what does this mean for the rest of the business? And uh, I am. Uh, I am Yavon says, uh, Vic and Paris, how would you guys feel if Xbox bought Take-Two Interactive next? And see, I think that's the big question. Like, what 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 happens in the chess table now? Well, see, that actually brings me to another point. I mean, we're, we're obviously talking about the positives of this Bethesda acquisitions, but there's negatives as well. Microsoft has essentially taken a huge third-party publisher off the board. By yeah. doing this, right? Yep. Um, if they were to continue, let's let's just say and he said take two, but let's just say they do that with Sega. That's another major third-party publisher being taken off the board. At some yep. point, you have to start wondering: Are are we building a monopoly here? Are are we taking too many third-party games away from all platforms? Right. You know, are we? Because now, if we're forcing everyone into the Xbox ecosystem, let's say they raise the price of Game Pass, that's not a good thing. That's not something we want. If you take too many of them away, you know that potentially could become an issue. So it, it's look, we're we're talking about the good stuff, but let's see where the dust settles on this. You know, a few years from now, because they're, Microsoft they're all has looking made at Disney, man. They're yeah. all looking at because I mean, Disney yeah. isn't so much like they're inventing stuff; they're acquiring stuff. Yes, and and they're building multi-layers on their theme parks and their interactive businesses and their movie and television show businesses. Um, and they're able to pivot in a weird circumstance like this last year, right? Like Disney Plus is at 100 million subscribers at this yeah. point. 
And I, I think every company is probably chasing that. I'm sure even Nintendo is thinking maybe we should buy Sega at this point. You know, maybe Sonic should be one of our. And I feel like as we go into subscription, that's that's what's going to happen. Like these companies are going to start to swallow up these content creators to give people a reason to you know give them 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month right and i think we're we're at the beginning stages I, I, like i can't think of a bigger deal than this deal in video games can you no it's funny because we were uh danny and i were, were, were talking about this we were scratching our heads trying to think of something that was this big mm -hmm. because again it's an entire publisher yeah. <laughs> that they got it's not like oh they just got this studio or that studio yes they got bethesda and all eight studios and their entire intellectual property, along with their Orion tech, which is yeah. cloud streaming tech as well. It's like the, the VR tech, everything that Bethesda does now is Xbox. I've I, never seen this before. It's insane to me that Doom and Master Chief are together. Yeah. You know, it's like Batman and Superman or it's Batman right. and Spider-Man, right? It's 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 very analogous to that. Uh, Sam, I am one one one. I saw your comment about don't blame QA as a QA. I know that the team posts many tickets that don't get touched due to time constraints. It's all about time. It's all about time or money, right? It's that triangle of time, money, and talent, right? You, yeah, you, you got to have all of it. But you but, know, but Microsoft the has the money, and that that's kind of the point I'm making about QA. This is clearly not against the people that work in QA because they're they're the backbone of this industry. It's yeah. them not. It's the when they're raising issues then the devs that need to go back and correct those issues not having the proper time to fix them but now hopefully knock on wood this alleviates that problem for bethesda where they are given more time to properly policy these games it's why i also think with starfield because i know the big rumors right now are starfield's coming this year i don't think it is no. i think because of covid and just the the, the remote working conditions they probably need more time so if it They're comes this want year, more time, man. That game is it, it's it, not just a Bethesda, yeah, property. It's an that's important to thing, them. right? Yeah, and it yeah. needs to kind of be the next level of a relationship. It needs to sh needs to you know it needs to be worth seven point five billion dollars. Quite frankly, it's the most important new jewel because yes. there's a a currency and Fallout and a, 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 something that we can expect. You got a lion in there? What's going on? <laughs> That's my dog. UPS is, is showing up right now. That's uh, awesome. Please continue, though. <laughs> I wish I had another window. We could put your dog into the window. That would be incredible. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Starfield is going to be so massively important that they're not going to rush that at all because we are going to show up for Elder Scrolls no matter you know where it is. We're going to show up for Fallout. Starfield's got to show the next level of their development and the value to Microsoft. Yeah. Rome Rush has the operative question here that I, I know is on everybody's mind out there. And thank you all for joining us, by the way, today. This is a live show on our channel, youtube.com slash EPNTV. I saw Hip Hop Gamers in the in the yeah, chat there as it. well. This is awesome. Uh, but if you're listening to this on the podcast in audio form, you can come to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash EPNTV, and you can be a part of the chat in uh, live form. And we have conversations like this all the time. Rome Rush asks, and thank you for the super chat, is if Xbox isn't investing in the console and investing into Game Pass, what is the point of having a console? Choice. Yeah? 
That's the whole point. They're giving you choice. Not everyone's going to go build a PC. Not everyone wants to stream a game over the cloud. Yep. Consoles clearly still have a place in the home. This is, again, I'm not trying to be marketing for Xbox or anything, but this is this applies to PlayStation as well. This is why you have a, two different versions of a PlayStation 5. This is why you have two different versions of an Xbox series, whatever you want to call it. They're giving you different price options. They're giving you one at the high end. They're giving you one at the low end because they're trying to get everyone Yep. What, on what whatever level that you're in to, to Nintendo's going to do the same thing. Yeah, when they put mm -hmm. out the Pro or whatever it's called. Well, yeah, yeah, that that's another great one because yep. you, you got the Switch Lite. Yep. Obviously, we got the current Switch, and you're going to have whatever the Switch Pro is going to be. Yeah, and my dog agrees again. <laughs> I love the backup you have over there, um, but it, it's an important distinction that Phil Spencer and the Xbox folks have made that they are going to be delivering to Game Pass. That's their platform, isn't it? You know, and it it's also true that I think consoles these days, especially PlayStation and Xbox, are closer to a, a PC type of experience than they've ever been. In fact, Xbox has a new browser that's uh, in alpha or beta right now yeah. that will allow people to play GeForce uh, Now games mm -hmm. and Stadia off of the browser. So you could have subscriptions to other things and play your Steam library or, you know, which is insane. And it really, you start to, like the, the hardware, you know, walled garden idea is really evolving and changing and quickly disappearing, I think, right? Yeah. Before I our agree. eyes. Yeah. You've played around with xCloud. How do you, how do you find uh, the xCloud experience? Yeah, I've, I've actually I've played around with all of them, Stadia, GeForce Now, um, and xCloud. Like with this new Bethesda announcement, uh, even today, I uh, hopped on uh, and did some xCloud on my phone and was playing Wolfenstein. It's I, I've always looked at cloud streaming. I think there is a long-term future for it as infrastructure builds up, bandwidth, you know, you know, continues to get faster, and they can figure out the latency problem more. Right now, it's a great supplement to the way that you play there's no way that's going to be the primary way i play games that's why i was never a fan of stadia yeah but as a supplement as a oh hey i got a few minutes long, let me just pick this up and i can go play this level really quick that's great but long-term playing obviously multiplayer stuff where lag and latency is really you know going to be a big factor it's just the the tech isn't there yet or the infrastructure i should say isn't there yet because clearly the technology works but you know, I, I could see a scenario five years, 10 years from now where it's more mainstream right now. I think I love the approach that NVIDIA has because the Steam games are all games that I own, right? And I just get to go in and play. They have a paid tier and a free tier. But even with xCloud, you know, it's Game Pass. If I'm a Game Pass Ultimate sub, here's a list of games that I, I get to play, right? I already, I, already, I'm, I already have some ownership of them through the subscription service versus what Stadia was doing. Stadia was asking me to spend $60 a pop Insane. on these games. Yeah. And we're, we've already seen that that Stadia is not, not viable long-term. I mean, I'm just waiting for the press release to come out where we find out it's completely been shuttered, but yeah, yeah. that, that business model never made sense to me. It's so I, sad I like the, because yeah, it is. There, there was lots of good work and lots of good intention and good people over there, but yeah, they, yeah. they absolutely should have adopted a, uh, you know, all you can eat, 10 bucks a month, you know, yeah. here's a library of cool things that you get right out of the gate. That, that's and it, the only and it looks, way. Yeah, and it looks like that's what Amazon is attempting to do with Luna. They're, yeah. they're having some 
variant of that. I mean, I'm, I, I have not gone hands on with it. I am not educated enough to talk about it too much, but it seems like at least they've looked at what Google did and go, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> let's figure out something else. Yeah, yeah. What's the most important game in this equation here? You talked about Starfield. It's an unproven entity. There are huge expectations for it. In terms of what we know about Bethesda and Xbox, what's the most important game in this whole? Is it Doom? Is it Wolfenstein? Is it this announcement about uh, Indiana Jones? And I think that's a really ballsy, uh, you know, uh, suggestion from you that this uh, Indiana Jones might be exclusive to Game Pass. That would be that would anger a lot I don't, of people. And, and to be clear <laughs> on that, to be clear, we don't know. I, I've I've always thought multi-platform is just hearing the news the past couple of days at least makes me wonder right right could it be but obviously we won't know until they they talk about it which could happen at this summer event that they're going to have uh you know in a few months uh but going back to your original question i don't think it's any of those titles i think it's the elder scrolls 6 because yeah. that clearly skyrim and obviously going back to morrowind things <laughs> skyrim's like that on every damn thing it's so weird that it's on yeah. skyrim's everywhere and if you want to play skyrim or if you want to play elder scrolls 6 you need game pass yeah. Now it's Elder Scrolls is what probably 2025, 2026 before mm. before we ever see it. It's a long ways out. Yeah. I would say in the interim, I do think it's Starfield because this is their big new IP. This is the the new big risk that right. Bethesda was taking as a company. And if that does turn out to be the next great sci-fi RPG hit, that's going to be such a huge boon for what Xbox is trying to do with Game Pass. The whole reason that you go grab a Bethesda and you're going to be able to supplement it, obviously, with a Wolfenstein, with a Doom, with a Prey, with a Dishonored and all these other other Bethesda IPs that are out there. Do, do you think we are starting a, um, a chess experience in games now? Like, does PlayStation have to counter and buy a publisher? Does Nintendo See, have... I don't. I really, I really don't think. I don't think PlayStation has to do anything except what <laughs> PlayStation has already been doing. Because right. when I think about the games I'm most anticipating in the next twelve months, the, the vast majority are PlayStation Horizon. games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ratchet, you God, God of War, yeah, Horizon, like you're saying, Gran Turismo Seven. I mean, these are games that I'm excited to play. I mean, let's put it this way: we're talking about it offline. If and or when they announce Spider Man Two, the internet's going to explode. Right. That's what I'm again, going back to what I was saying before, they have those games that that push the needle, that push hardware that will get you to go run out to go play them. And Xbox is still chasing that, you know, so we'll, we'll see. It is very interesting when you put it in context with Netflix and now all of its competitors like yeah. Netflix. I think is happy that Disney came out and and got put more eyeballs on streaming but maybe not as happy today as they were a year ago right. <laughs> because they they are killing it. I, I don't know if you've checked out all of the star content on Disney Plus, but now they put all the Fox stuff. They have the adult yeah. stuff mm -hmm. in there, right? So yeah. it's a really robust th and it's all they own it all, you know, which ironically enough, because you're in Canada and I'm in the U.S., I don't get it, but you do. <laughs> But, oh, is that true? It's not in the yeah, states. Yeah, oh, we don't. Yeah, we don't get get all like I don't get Logan as an example. That, oh, wow, that hasn't okay. been enabled yet. Yeah, I did not know that. Okay, yeah, because yeah, there are rights like they're they're on Hulu and they're all over the place, right? So, yeah. but I'm sure Netflix is. I mean, they're 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 what they're doing now is they're spending to try to catch up with all of these different 
you know, studios that own all of these things. Right. But I'm sure they're kicking themselves because their valuation was so enormous. They were as big as Disney. If they're, if they might still be as big or bigger than Disney, they might be kicking themselves that they didn't acquire studios, you know. And I'm wondering if that's going to happen now with games. Again, I hope not. Because I, I think even what, what Xbox and Microsoft has been doing, I get they're trying to catch up so that they, they do have, you know, the, the the titles, you know, and the value they can add to their services. But too much starts to take away from the competitive nature of right. the industry. That's when we start leaning more into the monopoly stuff. But but going on your Disney and, and Netflix analogy, yeah, I'm sure a year ago, Netflix was like, yeah, okay, game on. But now we've seen things like The Mandalorian and obviously just WandaVision. We see all the upcoming Marvel yes. and Star Wars content coming from Disney. And again, it kind of goes to that. They have the the brand recognition and excitement of, of the audience right now. Whereas Netflix, look, there's plenty of shows on Netflix I love, but I don't talk about those shows the same way I've, I talk right no. now about the shows on Disney. And no. that's kind of the problem xbox has right now with playstation i don't talk about xbox games the way i talk about playstation games. perfect analogy Just not yeah yeah but that is conceivably likely to change in the next two years in and that's some their pretty, hope right that, that's the hope in some pretty yeah. massive ways what are the what are the pitfalls what are the what are the dangers in this in this process what do you well, what are again, you concerned like, about? like yeah, it's kind of like I was just saying a second ago, I just think it takes away the competitive nature across mm. the board, especially from the third party. If everything becomes platform exclusive, you know, that ultimately starts to become a problem. Look, let's just keep it real here again. Like I said, I'm not a fan of exclusives anyways, but hey, we, we've we now effectively taken Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Doom, Quake, like all these Bethesda IPs that you could play on a PlayStation, Nintendo, or an Xbox. Yeah. Now you Xbox Doom on is a saying, watch. Yeah. Now you got to come to us to play those games. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's the and game that blows me the, away the most is Doom. That, yeah. The fact that Doom, this this shareware sensation, you know, this thing yeah. that kind of revolutionized all of it, yeah. like, put video games on the map for a lot of people. It's a Microsoft thing, you know? It's so weird to me. No, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, um, it's... Uh, like I said, it, there, there's a lot of there's good things about this, but then yeah, I mean, this is the negative side of of what's happening right now. Um, but when you're a trillion dollar company and you can spend seven point five billion dollars and literally make it all back in a quarter, yeah, you get these type of acquisitions. What other uh, like what's next in sort of the the order in terms of scale that Microsoft has acquired recently, from your perspective? Like what other studio or content creator um is it bethesda then double fine like wh wh where does it fit on 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 your radar that you're also incredibly excited to see what what comes out from them now that they uh apart they're oh, a part now, of now that they've been acquired yeah um <clears throat> there, there's two actually and yeah. one isn't an acquisition one is them building a studio up the first one as far as acquisition wise goes it, it's obsidian yeah. Um, Obsidian has always been one of my my favorite developers, but they always suffered from the Bethesda problem of yeah. they had very buggy games. Um, there, there's a game, uh, it's Alpha Protocol, I believe that's the name of it, right? That is so under the radar from from the the 2000s that no one ever talks about. That yep. I would love to see Obsidian do something with that again. We obviously see what they just did with the Outer Worlds. They're about to make a vowed. Right. And then you think about Fallout New Vegas. Honestly, to me, that's the best Fallout 
and Obsidian made that. So I'm excited to see what a financially secure and backed by Microsoft Obsidian can do with Avowed and any of these other new ideas they potentially may have with their IPs. The other one is the initiative. Even though it wasn't an acquisition, this is a brand new studio that Microsoft has team, right? created. Yeah, they're making Perfect Dark right now. So let, let's see what that is because they've recruited some of the best talent in the industry to that studio. And you know, I don't know if you remember the joke was they weren't calling it a triple A studio, but a quadruple A studio. <laughs> so let's see what the hell quadruple A really means, right? So I, I'm excited to see what comes out of that, you know. And yeah, they're doing perfect dark. It's it's a legacy IP, but we haven't had a perfect dark game in was it 15 years now, 16 years? Yeah, so, yeah. and by the time this one probably comes out, it's going to be probably closer to 20 years. And by the, by I the know time it's we, amazing that you, the yeah. companies sit on properties like that, right? It's just, well, yeah, like 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 Banjo-Kazooie as an example. That's one I've just been dying to yes. come back. It's one of my favorite platformers and I'm, I'm hopeful they do something with that here, you know, in, yep. in the near future. But but yeah, to answer your original question, it would be Obsidian. And then, like like I said, I, I want to see what, what the initiative does. Dan uh, Lazaro, thank you for the super chat, brother. It says uh, the money is in the Fallout universe. That franchise is the biggest get out, out of the purchase. Um, I, I mean, it's been incredibly successful for sure. But yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 pretty spot on with that. I think just overall, with many different things they'll be able to do with that, because you can have your Fallout Prime game. They obviously have their online game right now with 76 but then yeah. you can have your new vegas type spinoffs with that as well so i think they can do a lot with their property it's almost I, it's almost like they have their own industry in a way right yeah like, in a way in a way because they have so many yeah. like, they have two huge mmos with fallout 76 and elder scrolls online just yeah. through this purchase alone it's incredible yeah. it's crazy yeah that that are running right now already like turnkey yeah. they're they're happening like there's no investment it's just money coming in um, but clearly, a lot of money has gone out. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about where we're at right now in the console race with PlayStation and Xbox. How do you feel these machines are holding up? We're about four or five months in. Are you happy with them? Are you expecting more out of them? How do you feel Sony and Microsoft have done so far? Performance-wise, I'm happy with both. Uh, just so people understand what, what I have in my household right now, um, next-gen-wise. I, I have a Series X. I have a Series S. And I have a PlayStation 5, like I was telling you offline, I, I literally just just rolled credits on Spider-Man uh, remastered on the PS5. Um, I like both of them as far as what they do performance wise. My knock, which is for both of them, but really towards PlayStation is just a lack of storage. And yeah. PlayStation, unfortunately, doesn't even have an option to expand. And when I talk storage, I'm talking that SSD next gen storage. So would a game like Ratchet and Clank, as an example, can only run on that SSD drive, right? They don't have a solution to expand that storage. So um, hopefully, you know, they, they remedy that here pretty soon. But I mean, but other than that, I mean, they're, they're doing what I expect them to do. I mean, speaking of the X and the PS5, they're both playing games at 4K. We're getting a lot of games at 60 frames plus, you know, obviously there's been some ray tracing stuff with other ones. I, I've been pretty happy with them. I, I, I since I got in front of me, I, I love the DualSense controller. I think it's fantastic. and. I love quick resume and everything on the Series X. But like I also said, I have that Series S 
And ironically enough, that that gets the most play in my house because my kids play it all right. the time. They don't care yeah. about 4K or any of that stuff. And yeah. and ironically enough, they what do they play? They play Skate Three and they play Minecraft Dungeons. Those are the two <laughs> games they love, you know, which is fine. I mean, that's 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 great. Yeah, you know, that's the so, other thing that Game Pass really kind of underlines is the importance of that yeah. back catalog and how many little mm-hmm. gems there are to go back into the indie stuff and also some of the AAA that came out a long time ago. Uh, obviously, what's been plaguing these machines is you can't buy them. Every time I review a game or I talk about something that's hot, that's new on these machines, you can't get them yet. It's slowly starting to change. Do you think people should be pissed off that... Uh, they haven't been able to make the leap to next gen yet, or are they in a good not yet? Good point? I don't think yet. I think, ironically enough, when I look at PlayStation, I think that Ratchet is going to be that first one where people are going to really want to have a PlayStation Five, right? Because that's yeah. the only place you can play it, right? Um, I mean, because even like Spider Man, Miles Morales, things like that, you can still play on a PlayStation Four, and that again goes back to the majority of the stuff we're seeing on Xbox right now. I think the medium is really the only true next, you know, Series X only game that doesn't have any kind of backwards compatibility right now yeah. on that platform. I would say once we get start getting to this holiday, that's when you're going to start to see people truly want to make sure they have one of these next gen consoles. But even in that sense, I think about Halo Infinite, that's going to be playable on Xbox One. Um, when you look at... Um, that's insane, per, isn't it? Yeah. At this point. Per, yeah, I know. But then you even look at Horizon Forbidden West, that yeah. also is going to be playable on PlayStation 4 as well. So, right. look, everybody wants the new shiny. Everybody wants the new mm-hmm. tech. They can't make these things fast enough. And obviously with COVID and everything, I'm sure it slowed things down. But um, it's really, I guess, 2022 is the year that, all right, now we're cutting off these last, last gen, the, the last gen hardware. And now the, the majority of the games that you want to play are, are primarily going to, you know, be on, on the new hardware. It's so interesting, too. Like we have this technology with DLSS and with streaming as well that kind of could subvert this whole idea of getting the shiny and the new. Yeah. And, you know, the PC industry doesn't stop for anybody and these cards keep coming <laughs> yeah. m- more furiously. And it's 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 like NVIDIA waits for the announcements and they partner with these guys and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what we got. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what? I know you got to run to another uh, podcast here. This is the busiest man in in uh, podcasting right now. I know. I'm literally, I'm literally hopping off of this one and jumping into another. One. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but I, I can't let you go without um, giving us the game that you are most excited for in 2021 and why. Horizon Forbidden West, without yeah. a doubt. That's yeah. the one I'm really looking forward to. Um, just from. A, I know I'm going to have fun. I can't wait to to continue the adventures of Aloy and just explore that world and everything. Like for me, Horizon Zero Dawn was such a breath of fresh air when it came out. Brand new IP, brand new character. You know, obviously it was doing open world stuff kind of, you know, along the Far Cry series, but it was fun. I enjoyed the story. I I, I wanted to get to the end. I, I just really loved it. So to see that that sequel's coming out this year, yeah, yeah, that's I would say that's number one for me. I would put right under that Halo Infinite um, for the the fact that Microsoft. No, this is their flagship. It's the 20 year anniversary of the Xbox and, and Halo, and they know they can't screw this up. They know it. 
they know they can't screw this they made up, the best which, decision they could yeah have. yeah which is why they delayed it so I, yeah. i'm excited to see i want master chief to be relevant again let's put it that way i've ironically enough been playing halo 5 over the last month or so just kind of was it i was like is it really as bad as i remember yeah it's really as bad as i remember unfortunately and <laughs> i hope 343 has taken the lessons learned and they get halo back to where it should be that that's all i want no pressure no pressure. Yeah. I, I share I share your enthusiasm for both of those titles. Yeah. Listen, you got to follow this guy on Twitter. I put the tag right up there. It's Vicious696 on Twitter. Uh, listen to Gamertag Radio. Catch up with Paris on Kind of Funny Games uh, on the Xcast and whenever he's on Games Daily. Wonderful chatting with you, my friend. Thank you for being a part of Vic's Basement today. No, thank you. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Again, it has been an absolute honor to be on air with you. That's awesome. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're uh, listening to this as an audio podcast, remember you can watch my conversations with folks in the games industry and the other entertainment industries at youtube.com slash EPN TV. Thanks for watching, everybody. We will see you soon. And until then, play forever.